today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. In uh, the United States, south of the border, all eyes are going to be on Washington for the next few days, in fact, where the impeachment of Donald Trump, uh, part two, uh, will be taking place, uh, opening statements and things of that nature today, and they get right down to the real nitty-gritty of it tomorrow. The U.S. Senate is set to open the historic second impeachment trial. Sagar Magani has some details for us. It's just the fourth ever presidential impeachment trial, and half have involved Trump. Nearly three weeks after he left office, the Senate will consider whether he should be convicted of inciting an insurrection at the Capitol when rioters breach the very chamber where lawmakers will gather. We fight like hell. His lawyers argued Trump's remarks to backers minutes before the riot did not amount to incitement, that they acted on their own, and the trial itself is unconstitutional because he's now a private citizen. Top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer disagrees. Some people say, oh, let this go away. Oh, no. Saying there must be accountability. While Trump's lawyers call this political theater, Democrats argue Trump committed the most grievous of constitutional crimes, though he's likely to be acquitted by the narrowly divided Senate. Sagar Magani, Washington. So how's this going to roll out? Some people are suggesting it's inevitable that uh, it's not going to be successful, uh, just like the, the first one was almost a year or so ago. Uh, let's delve into this. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University, joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, get into the analysis of this. Elliot, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us again today. Oh, well, good morning, Bill. Uh, anticipation about this. I was interested in uh, to see some of the reporting on this yesterday. That I guess the Trump legal team have filed. Uh, I get the first part of their defense on this. I had some seventy odd pages, uh, and they said less than half of them actually deal with the charges against Donald Trump. Uh, they want to argue about the constitutionality of that. Is 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 that the battleground this is going to be fought on? The preferred battleground for all the Republicans is to deal with process rather than the substance of the charge. Uh, they don't want to get involved with whether. They want to support a president who arguably, and the Democrats are going to argue vigorously, incited an insurrection. And remember, this is happening in the Senate chamber, which was the uh, the crime scene not long ago. So they will try to do that. It'll, it will be unsuccessful because, you know, the Democrats have their day literally in court. They are now a jury. They're no longer the U.S. Senate. They're now all jurors, and they all were, were witnesses and uh, subject to the violence that's now the cause of the impeachment. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, I've watched enough legal dramas on TV that I think I've got a passing knowledge. I'm being facetious here. Uh, these people in the Senate will all raise their right hand and swear an oath that they will listen to all of the information and pass a, uh, an objective judgment based on the, the information that is given to them. In other words, the testimony, the examples, okay. etc. Uh, how can they possibly swear that oath, Elliot, when well, as you say, the majority of the Republicans are saying we've already made up our mind. Now, 45 out of 50 have already ruled themselves, voted themselves in advance. Remember, it takes, uh, we should back up a little and remind ourselves that the House has passed this bill of impeachment. They've raised mm -hmm. the charge sheet. It goes to the Senate where it takes two-thirds to convict. And two-thirds means all the Democrats, 50 of them voting uh, to, to convict, but then another 17 Republicans and meanwhile, 45 out of 50 have supported Rand Paul, apparently just stampeding over Mitch McConnell uh, in the process, that this is unconstitutional. Therefore, it shouldn't go ahead. The, the Democrats will effectively be able to deal with that constitutional charge. Uh, the, there's a, a very conservative and prominent Republican uh, advisor on this, constitutional lawyer, who said, no, 
obviously you can you can go ahead. So the Democrats are going to say, don't rest on on the uh, constitutionality. We, we're dealing with that. Now you're going to be forced to go on record one by one, name by name, saying that you uh, you don't want to convict him on what's plain and visible before your eyes. You were there. That's kind of the crux of it. We're getting the sense that uh, this this is going to be an audiovisual show too. Uh, for those senators, I guess that uh, that maybe have forgotten what happened on January the sixth. Uh, I guess the highlights and, and lowlights, I suppose, Elliot, are going to get played in front of them as as evidence in this trial. Yes, uh, really, I think what's going on here is you know the game is afoot. What we see right now is the scramble for the future of the Republican Party, who's going to lead it. Uh, they sense that they can come to power again. The shift uh, between what happened in the initial few days, hours and days, right after the uh, the assault on the Capitol and where, where we are today has been very marked. The Republican uh, base apparently has been putting pressure on the Republican uh, elected members to say, you better back our guy. I think a lot of them, which means Donald Trump, you will not convict Donald Trump. Therefore, keeping in mind, again, the basics on this, that if he's convicted, they can't remove him from office. He's already gone, which is part of the Republican argument. It's moot. You can't, and by the way, why don't we just turn the page and move on? The country has to look forward, not back. The Democrats are obsessed with Donald Trump. They want to drag us back. We, have, we Republicans are looking forward. But what they're really saying is uh, we've, we've heard now from our base, and we are going to obey them, we don't want to be primaried. We think Donald Trump should remain a force. This is a moment of truth for the par- Republican Party. No question about it. The party is now divided uh, inside itself as to what kind of party they want to be. Do you want to go down the path of keeping Donald Trump as possibly returning as president? Or do you want to have the party of, of uh, Lincoln and Reagan, as they would put it, the institutionalist party versus a Trump party? Uh, the moment of truth is here. If this were a secret ballot uh, bill, then it's possible that they would indeed get 17 or more Republicans who say, we cannot afford to go forward as the party of, of Trumpism. We have to go forward as a Republican party. But they are going to be on record, and they won't, uh, I think, be brave enough to do uh, what I think many of them would like to do, which is to purge the party of that kind of an element and to appeal to a a broader segment of the American population. One thing we should add to this is that apparently the Republicans are going to be backing Donald Trump overwhelmingly, keeping him a player, but a player within a party that is losing membership. Uh, Republicans are leaving the Republican Party while the, de- while the Republicans who are elected are sticking with <laughs> Donald Trump. So Donald Trump remains a force a major force in a shrinking party as this party faces the future. That's that's a discussion we could probably go on for months and months about, about the impact that Trump's going to have long-term here. Uh, I, I can remember when Barack Obama won his first term, and, and of course he defeated John McCain, uh, and Sarah Palin was supposed to be the rising star in the party and, and tried to obviously maintain a profile after that election loss. Uh, to try to you know to 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 be the maverick uh, that and and maybe coalesce around her that never happened. I mean she yeah she did a stint on Fox News and everything, but uh, it it faded in time. It did take some time, but it faded. And uh, it, is there an expectation that Trump can it will do that too, or is is he that powerful within the party uh, 
that that he's going to maintain this hold on them, even though he's not the leader. I mean, you know, he's he's not the president anymore. He doesn't have that sway. He doesn't even have the the social media uh, outlets that he used to have to be able to slag somebody who he didn't think was doing the sorts of things he wanted to see done. So, how much of that power that Trump still has in the minds of the the Rand Pauls and and the Hollies and others uh, is it real or is it perceived? Right now, uh, I, I teach a course called Behind the Headlines, and I have my guidelines for election watching, particularly in the U.S., and number four is pay attention to the boring stuff, the nuts and bolts, <laughs> because it can really matter as, uh, as uh, the, I think the uh, Conservative Party of Canada can <laughs> attest, the nuts and bolts at convention time matter is mm-hmm. who gets the nomination. In this case, uh, Trump apparently has enough support at the state and local party levels where it's out of our sight to really put the pressure on to keep control of the party. Now, whether the party wishes to maintain that going forward is really up to them. At the moment, I think Trump has, and what we will likely see as a result of this this, uh, vote coming up, because the Democrats also would like to get this out of the way. They want to get on with governing. So they, they want to make their point, and we can come back to this, but essentially... What we're seeing, I think, is a play for history on both sides of the party and a play for the electorate. And remember, going forward, we have 2022 and 2024 coming. I think that's really the, the name of the game that we're seeing. But we also have the situation where Donald Trump clearly will have the opportunity to keep all of his options open. We don't know where he wants to take the party. We don't know where his legal cases are going to uh, lead him. You know, there's always health issues and so forth. At the moment, for the immediate short-term future, it does appear that he has sufficient sway and a lot of money to um, to keep an operational control at the local level of that party. But your point a couple of minutes ago, I think, is very germane to this. Uh, if it were a secret ballot, things might have been different. And I'm not suggesting that there's 17 people that went across the floor right had to do this. But, you know, an example of that might be the situation with Liz Cheney, uh, who voted to impeach Trump and, and you know, drew the ire of, of the Trumpites in situations like this. But she was reinstated uh, last week by secret ballot, as it turned out, yeah. uh, to stay there, which tells me that that, that, that this this homage that, uh, that these guys all purport to have for Donald Trump uh, may be a facade. They're more concerned about what's going to happen to them if they don't do that as opposed to what they're going to do, uh, which isn't going to sway the vote anything, but it tells you uh, that it's not just a rift in the Republican Party right now. It's a chasm. Yes, it, this, is a, this is, as I see, a moment of truth for them, and, and the moment of truth will come down on the side, apparently, of no matter what happens, of giving Donald Trump another lease on political life. Uh, the fact that that was a secret ballot suggests that who knows if this were a secret ballot after what the Democrats are about to do. They say they have new evidence. They're saying they're not going to rest this only on a single speech, but a whole pattern. We don't know what the new evidence is. We, we have uh, some hints of this that Donald Trump, as the attack was going on, put out a tweet about uh, his vice president, Pence. And after that, after that, uh, the, the mob started to you know, hunt out, apparently a lynch mob was going after the vice president of the United States based on what the president tweeted. That kind of thing may come out. But the fact that the Democrats um, are dealing with a Republican opposition that is so opposed to going on record uh, as opposing Trump 
and they're going to say it's unconstitutional. Besides, this is free speech. There's no you can't you can't show that he directed a, a violent mob. Therefore, you can't convict him on free speech grounds. Besides, here's a whole video we're putting out of how the Democrats, in an attempt to create false equivalency between the mob riot attacking the Capitol and the Democrats. Uh, are going to be shown by the Republicans as part of their defense to have supported Black Lives Matter rioting, and this is all really an Antifa operation. And so they're going to put up sufficient smokescreen or put us enough stuff up in the air so that Republicans will have cover to go ahead and vote for Donald Trump's acquittal. Uh, well, there's so much more to cover here, but I wanted to get into one other element, and it's into the personality end of things. Uh, the first impeachment, Adam Schiff was the lead guy. I mean, there's a whole team of Democrats, of course, that, that are going to be doing the arguing here. and I'm, I'm sure they're all going to make some sorts of presentations. Uh, but uh, Jamie Raskin is... Uh, Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland uh, is the lead, as opposed to Adam Schiff, though, the first time. Uh, rather formidable CV, uh, constitutional law professor. Uh, he actually wrote the, uh, the letter to Mike Pence asking him to remove Trump from office. And then, and of course, when Trump, Pence refused to do that, uh, he, he actually drafted the Articles of Impeachment. Uh, he's uh, not as well known as Schiff and some of the others, as, uh, but he's, he's going to be the lead dog here. What, what's your assessment of him? He also just had a personal tragedy loss. Yes, yes. So, and, and a week later, he had to do what you've just described. I don't know as much about him. What we do know from the previous uh, impeachment was that Schiff, I think, presented a very effective case, uh, as effective as you can get for history books. And also, by the way, for the Chief Justice of America, <laughs> of the Supreme Court, who was, who was watching, just in case it ever came up before him. Uh, he really was very eloquent, extraordinarily. Yes. I don't know the, the speaking capacity, but uh, we do have a constitutional expert being told by the Republicans, you don't know your constitution. So I, the, I think this will be very much aimed at the history books and the American public showing absolutely this should go ahead, absolutely uh, Donald Trump is guilty, and absolutely once he's convicted, you can then pass by simple uh, simple majority vote that he should never run for office again. He can he'll be prevented from doing so, and that's the purpose. Showing you can't get away with this stuff and you can never come back. That's going to be the essence of his case. I suspect he will present it very effectively. Uh, and there will be a vote and there will be evidence. Uh, unlike the last time, of course, the Democrats do have the slimmest of majorities with uh, Vice President Harris, of course, casting a vote uh, to break any ties. So the, this, this trial will proceed, but I guess... Uh, that uh, the concern here, as you mentioned, is there's other things that uh, President Biden wants to see happen. I mean, he has to get the rest of his cabinet uh, 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 up there and, and authenticated and get moving on that. There's a relief pill. I, I can't believe the relief bill still has, is being debated, but I mean, right. it is, and there's so many other things. So uh, we're going to find out, I guess, in the next couple of days, Elliot, whether these guys can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yes, and Representative Clyburn, I think, uh, gave excellent advice on this. Uh, the, the, he's from South Carolina, and he's yeah. very sage. And he said, just put it off till the, you know, when the trial is held uh, is up to us, and we want to do it after the 100 days of the Biden administration. Let him get all this done, and then have a more proper trial. Uh, there, of course, been a lot more time to gather evidence as well. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the odd situation where the Democrats want a hasty, quick trial so they can get it out of the way, so they can get on with governing. And the Republicans saying, that's great by us. We didn't want it in the first place. So this, the, 
the broader political picture here has come into play to affect what we're about to see. Elliot, we'll stay in touch. Lots to talk about over the next couple of weeks. I really appreciate the time today. Oh, it's always fascinating out there. It is. Thank you. L.A. Tepper, of course, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.